is a podcast highlighting innovators and leaders across the state of Iowa. It's hosted by the Technology Association of Iowa, an organization that serves as the uniting force for Iowa's technology community. Visit technologyiowa.org to learn more about how to get involved. My name is Beth Trejo, and I'll be your host for today's show. Jordan, founder of Lender Clothes in West Des Moines. Omar, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Excited to be uh, with you guys today. Well, we always like to start these out by learning a little bit more about yourself and um, your business, Lender Clothes. Why don't you just give folks a little intro on who you are, why you started, and a little about your business? Yeah, happy to. Thanks for that. Um, so I am... Uh, uh, an entrepreneur. I've been an entrepreneur for probably about 10, 15 years. And uh, Lender Clothes was not my first business. It's it's probably my sixth project. And, uh, you know, you, you learn a lot but until you get to this level. And I haven't learned at all. We make mistakes uh, all the time. But essentially what Lender Clothes is, it's, it's a it's a technology that allows lenders to be more efficient. Um, what most of us don't realize when we go apply for a, a home equity loan or a refinance of a mortgage or, or buy a house, we don't recognize how much work goes behind the scenes. Had you sat with your loan officers and the processor and, and just really – uh, observed what they do in order to get you from application to close. There's a lot of moving parts to that. Uh, we learned that small uh, community lenders that are, are they don't have technology advantage when when compared to maybe Rocket Mortgage or or Wells Fargo. Uh, they don't have the R and D budget that these big national brands uh, do. And so that's been our focus: is how do we provide efficiency, speed and better borrowing experience uh, through these community lenders so that we can give them that competitive advantage. And that's how we've been able to, to successfully onboard uh, about a year and a half into it, over 200 credit unions and community banks nationwide. Wow, that's awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. So you mentioned that um, you've started other businesses. Did you always like know that you were going to be an entrepreneur or did you always have that like mindset? What did you recognize looking back that um, helped you start all those entities? That's a good question. Uh, you know, it, and not to dwell on, the, on on a lot of negatives, but uh, so I come, I've got a, a little bit of an unconventional background, and, and, and I'm sure a lot of us have uh, similarities here, but uh, I migrated from, from, from Jordan. Um, it's, it's a country in the Middle East back in the 90s, and I couldn't really transfer – uh, my educational credits. I was about 16 years old. So it was uh, for me to get started back into the education system in the U.S., I had to somehow s start over. So I, I was working at a water factory. So I, ha I had to be a laborer just to make ends meet at that point. From there, uh, I moved to Iowa and then and, and, and start and, and I got a job selling vacuum cleaners um, door to door. So I learned how to sell. That was some of the best trainings uh, I could have received. I mean, I'm, it's negative 20 degree weather. I'm knocking doors, trying to get in a house just to show them a vacuum cleaner and hopefully they'll buy, right? So maybe that sparked a little bit of, oh, I, I could do this. I can do, I can, I can be a little bit entrep entrepreneurial. 
at some point I went and worked for corporate America and I learned a structure and I learned how to build a team and, and, and how to organize a company and what a P&L is. Once the market collapsed, I tried to look for other jobs. Uh, but if you can imagine, it's 2009. Everybody was looking for a job at that point, especially if you were in the financial uh, sector and uh, just finally couldn't win and uh, decided, you know what, I'm just going to take my 401k money, live on that for a few years, which wasn't much, uh, but figure out a way to, to, to make my own. I can either sit here and, 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 and cry by it or I can just go try to do something with my time. And, and here we are. One thing leads, leads to another and uh, I'm on my sixth uh, company. That's awesome. What a remarkable story. Um, I think that you had a really good insight there that um, our listeners could really use, which is just the ability to position value and sales. It, it does really cross so many elements of our career, whether that's your start, you know, your starting first job, or you probably still do a lot of sales today, whether that's selling internally to your team or externally to prospects. Would you agree? It's constant. Uh, I've you know, I have a vision that I've got to sell to the board. I have a, uh, I got to sell my COO on why things need to be done internally that way. You're right. It's I got to sell the staff on why it needs to be this way, not the other way. Uh, clients, I'm con- if it's a, especially if it's a, an account that requires, uh, a, you know, kind of a C-level type title behind it. I try to get involved. Uh, we're traveling next week to go see. Uh, two other potential new clients. Uh, so I get involved uh, as much as needed, but at the same time, my team does a good job of saying, okay, enough, go back to your desk. We, we, can, we can do it from here. Go, go work on bigger stuff. Yeah. So tell me about your team. How many people do you have working with you? Are they remote? Are they located in um, the Des Moines office? Great question. We have, so I'll uh, give you perspective too, just kind of for fun facts. A year and a half ago, a little over than a year and a half ago, March 2018, we we took our first uh, injection of capital and it was three of us, uh, including myself. Uh, to date, I believe uh, we're up to 32 employees. We've got a plan to onboard uh, 30 plus more, so maybe 65 by the end of 2020. Wow. Uh, we are located in West Des Moines. We had to move to a new office to accommodate the growth. Uh, as far as remote versus local, we have probably seven of us that's uh, uh, remote, and um, we could make exceptions, you know, especially for tech talent as as uh, as we try to build cool new tech. But most of the staff is uh, local in Des Moines, and we try to focus on that heavily. Awesome. And tell me about like the type of people that make up your team. Who are you looking for? What type of employees do you currently have on your roster? Yeah. Culture is big for us. So I think, and it gets more challenging as you get bigger and bigger. How do I make sure everybody remains excited every day, right? So I, if I'm if I'm recruiting, I'm looking for energy. I'm looking for a passion. I'm looking for hunger. Um, I'm looking for people that are not afraid of disrupting, but the big one for me is positive attitude. So if you have all of those qualities, I can really probably teach you anything you want to know, and you don't have to be a, a former lender or understand how loans work. It's it's not that complex as long as you have the need or the, the hunger for education. And so do you have a lot of like technologists and developers, or do you guys... Um, kind of spread the gamut with customer success, product managers, 
Uh, what what type of roles and how is your organization structured in that regard? Yeah, so a little bit of everything. Uh, we're, we're a startup, so don't you know? There's right. this, it's not <laughs> corporate America where we've got the the book for it and, and no, we improvise a lot. Uh, we're constantly talking to our clients. What are you looking for? Oh, you've been using this technology for ten years. Do you like it? And if you do, what do you like about it? What don't you like about it? And so based on that, we uh, go back to the lab and 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 start unfolding and, and rebuilding. What we look for in terms of um, talent is our focus, I guess, for the next uh, uh, Q1, Q2 is going to be sales, um, operational, customer service. Mm -hmm. And then uh, we're really, really heavily focused on tech talent. I'd love for my team to be all from Iowa, not necessarily from Iowa, but in Iowa. We are heavily investing our time and energy and, and sometimes money into sponsoring uh, local associations that are started by maybe uh, Python developers, you know, like Piowa, front-end developers or UI UX uh, uh, folks that just get together uh, one or, once or twice a month. And so we want to get involved in, in that smaller community. There's such a, a big need for companies of our size for this type of talent. And they're out there. They just need to hear about uh, what we're doing. I think it's surprising or not surprising anymore when you get people from bigger companies to move to a smaller company like lender close because you're you're making a difference you're actually you own something you own a product and that product becomes reality when it when it's sold and people are using it uh, that's the value add that we would bring heavily focused on tech talent right now uh, at least from where i sit and our coo manages the uh, the sales team and and he's also looking for sales talent I love it. Sounds like you guys have a lot of opportunities there. When you think back to, you know, before you had gotten into this industry or even into your um, current startup, and maybe let's say there's some younger people listening and they're not quite there yet. Maybe they're not finished with their degree or they're working on, you know, coding school in the evenings. Um, what advice would you give them and um, like the core things that you're looking for? Um, you know what's cool, and and we have two um, hires in here at and and at Lender Close that came from small towns, Iowa, and and to me, I was surprised to see that there's an actual appetite for technology in small town Iowa. I don't know why I was surprised, but I was surprised. I expected that talent to come from maybe Des Moines, Cedar Rapids. But there are people all across the state that are hungry for education in, in the tech scene, whether it's AI or, or coding, as you mentioned, or web development or software or, or whatever it is there, uh, that there are versus going into the laborer. And so that was really exciting for me to hear. I sat on a panel with Senator Chris Knoyer and, and, and other educational leadership uh, in Cedar Rapids uh, at a summit. And the focus right now, uh, the legislative focus and, and, and everybody involved in education is is technology and, and, and how do we get from where we're at today to, to, to producing talent out of school that actually understands code. Um, so that's exciting to know that's ha that that's happening behind the scenes. I can't tell you because I tried. I, I went to school and I, I tried to learn how to code and I – I got far enough to understand what's possible, what's not possible, and that's 
probably why I'm somewhat successful in what we've done thus far. But I think it starts with you. I can speak about that from an entrepreneurial perspective, if you're okay with that, Beth. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think one of the mistakes that I see young entrepreneurs or or entrepreneurs, uh, regardless of age, really make is is related to, <clears throat> oh, I, I put in this much uh, hours into my idea or business or or the next thing I'm trying to do, which is maybe getting into technology, but I'm not getting money out of it. I'm not saying the, the fruit of my labor. And if it was that easy, everybody would do it. If you're passionate about something, something don't calculate the, the revenue or the income against the hours you're putting into it. Uh, when I first started my, my first business, I made probably less than $15,000 a year for the first three years, working 60 plus hours a week, but but I saw the end. I mean, I had my eyes on the prize. I, I knew where I was going. Um, so it really, really, really isn't isn't that easy. If if you don't have the stomach for, uh, you know, the entrepreneurial go getter type, whether it's in tech or or whatever, you either have it or you don't. And I'll go back to I'm I'm sort of motivated by quotes and and, and great leadership. Uh, I, I remember Kobe Bryant, one day I was listening to some of the stuff he had out there, was greatness has a cost, and, and it, it reschedules your plans. It puts your friends and, and family on hold. Uh, it makes you feel misunderstood because you're constantly working, and you, you want to learn something, and you want to be better than everybody else in term, on, uh, with regard to that particular topic. And so it requires everything. So given, I mean, just the, the hunger to be number one, the, what, are you, what are you trying to do? And you either go for it or you don't, but there's no in between. Yeah, I think that's really a great piece of advice. I was talking to an entrepreneur um, the other day, and they brought me um, this kind of balance sheet and all these like financial projections. And I had to kind of like stop them and say, like, I think you should start with first making sure that you're, you're selling or you're giving something someone wants. And I think that's what you kind of alluded to is make sure that you like what you're doing and it fits your personality and kind of who you are, as well as make sure that people really, there's a need for what you're trying to do and there's a want or, you know, there's a reason behind it. Um, because even the best money ever can only go so far. (laughs) So I think that's so true. So true. And, and there's, it's hard. It's also hard to get there. So where we're at a lender close, I've been trying to find a way to get to this level for a decade and, and maybe even longer because, I mean, work hard versus work smart. Will customers buy this? It takes a lot to get to this. And so don't give up. Just keep on going. You'll find it. Yeah, I think the other thing that I would I would love your insight in because you're in an industry where, one, there's a lot of big players, so it's hard to break through as a small company, I'm imagining. And then, mm-hmm. two, there's so many regulations. There's a mm-hmm. lot of things that are behind the scenes. Tell me how you've been able to overcome some of those big hurdles that maybe would be very different if you were doing like a consumer-based startup. Um you're not wrong. There are players uh, in this industry with multi-billion-dollar cash in their bank accounts. Um, they have unlimited supply of, of cash. The advantage that we have is that we're small, we're nimble, we make decisions, and there's not a lot of red tape to go through in terms of what do we build. Uh, all we care about is is this something our clients want. So we have 
a direct relationship with, with our clients. We have relationship managers at Linderclose that travel and, and meet with our clients and inquire about things that we're not, we don't even have on our platform. We want to know what, do you, what happens when, when a borrower comes in, and we want to know what happens when a borrower wants to make their mortgage payment. How does that work? What's the process? And so is that really how it should be? You know, the lending industry hasn't really changed since the 70s. You apply for a loan, you, you fax your pay stub in W-2, you go through underwriting, um, and really, is that the best we can do with all the technologies and the APIs out there? So we look at the whole picture and, and, and try to work with it um, and, and still maintain compliance. It is heavily regulated, you're right, but it's not heavily re- regulated to the point where you can't lend. Regulations doesn't allow you or stop you from producing a loan in less than seven days. Um, and, and so why does it take 45 days or 60 days for to go through a refinance uh, transaction or, or purchase a, a, a house? It's, it's unacceptable. So it kind of sounds like you're using speed and timeliness as a competitive advantage. And I think that's something that a lot of other people could take um, to market too, because I'm imagining you guys probably are way more agile and nimble than a lot of the bigger guys. That's our advantage. You look at, so I don't care what business model uh, you're in or, or whether you're a fintech trying to build something for uh, banks and credit unions uh, or whether you're a, you're a technology firm trying to build something for insurance companies, that this entire ecosystem that we live in, this, this, this technology um, era that we live in is based on experience, right, uh, speed, and efficiency that's that's the whole, that every business every business is what's my ex, what's my customer's experience um, am i providing that experience as fast as my customer demanded and am i efficient uh at my back office operations while doing so and and if that's our core right there wow that's some really great takeaways i think you, you're right any business can apply to their their model and um love that information. So Omar, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time today. We wish you the best of luck with your business in 2020. And um, if anybody out there is looking for opportunities, Omar, how would they find more information? Well, I'm I'm on LinkedIn, uh, lenderclose.com and uh, reach out to me anytime. Omar Jordan, uh, love to uh, help out, coach, mentor, or bounce ideas off of me. Anything I can do to give back to the community. Sounds great. Well, thank you so much, Omar. We appreciate your time. Thank you. The TAI Technically Iowa podcast is sponsored by the Iowa Economic Development Authority, or IEDA. Our state has the second lowest cost of doing business in the country. Let IEDA help you get started at iowaeda.com.